Okay. Are you ready? Yep. I'm Amy Tanyi Zhao, a Chinese living in America. You want me to call you Amy, or do you want me to call you Tianyi? And I'm Meg, an American who is about to marry into a Chinese family. It allows people to have an eye into who we are as people and how we find our own identity in the world. We're the hosts of The Spark, a podcast that explores what it means to traverse between cultures and shares stories that intersect Chinese and American culture to interrupt cultural barriers and create connections. Today's today. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so today we have one of my best friends. I actually, I've never thought that I would still make best friends at the age of 25. Um, but here you are, Palayo Alvarez, my mentor, my supervisor, one of the closest people that I, uh, with me in my life and actually taught me a lot throughout everyday life. I see him way too often from eight in the morning to 8 p.m. right now when we are recording. So outside of the war content, he is a creator and he has his own podcast. I will let him talk more about it during the interview. Yeah, and Meg, I can't wait for you to get to know him better as like our last episode in the artist series because he really truly is someone who integrate an artist lifestyle to his everyday life and um, as a Spanish national he established his life as a creator in New York City so yeah Meg I really can't wait to you know let you know more about him and let this conversation just flow absolutely um, I have met you briefly here and there from the brief conversations that we've had, I can absolutely see how somebody could make best friends with you at age 25. <laughs> You're just such a light. And um, I really admire your work as a content creator and as a fellow podcaster as well. So I'm super excited to be bringing you on the spark and introducing you to our audience today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm super excited to be in the spark. Hello, spark listeners. Yeah, so so you are the host and founder and producer of the Forbidden Apple podcast. And for our listeners, if you haven't heard of the Forbidden Apple um, and you, this is your first time, definitely go check it out. If there are any fans out there, um, you know it's awesome. <laughs> so um, the Forbidden Apple is a place to reclaim your spirituality, as you say. And um, from what I hear, it's a lot of um, conversations at the intersection of of sexuality and religion as well um and you're also a content creator in the youtube space too so you share a lot of um weekly videos and you can find him on youtube paleo af um and <laughs> um so basically um what's cool about bringing you here today is like amy said you've really you've embraced the creative lifestyle and you um you left home, you left Spain, and you came to New York. And now you've really, you've really embraced this creative lifestyle. You've really made a home for yourself as a creator in New York. So I just want to take it back to the very beginning, like all good stories start. And I'd love for you to tell us about how you grew up. Yeah. Um, so I grew up in a small city of Spain. First of all, thank you so much for the introduction. I love how like when you have a podcast, you can do as many titles for you as you want. I'm also the CEO, yes. CFO, marketing director. <laughs> exactly. <I'm everything. laughs> um, but thank you. You're so kind with your introduction and also Amy for the kind words at the beginning. I really appreciate. And yes, I grew up in Gijón, which is a city in the north of Spain where everything is green and it rains a lot. I uh, grew up really... Um, not really being really sure about like my place in in the city, about my place in Gijón, as I was saying, and kind of like being guided by by a little bit of like trends and not my real self. I had very overprotective uh, parents, and uh, in a way that's good. It has like shaped a lot of like the discipline that I have in other ways it also made me feel a little bit out of place sometimes with uh, with the people around me with my friends as i'm sure many p 
people who have had uh, parents who are really on top of things are. And during those those times, I, I really felt a little bit trapped in because of my sexuality, because of living in a small city, because having big dreams and aspirations. Um, so quickly, I always had that kind of feeling of not belonging there. And I do remember like certain memories in my life are very associated with um, when you break a ceiling of uh, your own beliefs. And one of them was even being out of that city where I grew up. Uh, mm-hmm. And we can get there perhaps in, in the next uh, question. But yeah, I, I grew up there and I never imagined that I could explore other spaces of the world. Like yeah. just going to study in Madrid, which was where I did college, was a huge step for me. And uh, having a conversation with my mom about it, I really was not expecting her to be like, okay, it's good, you can leave. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I remember because I remember the other day when we were walking in Chelsea, you always had this type of epiphany moment when you would turn to me and then you say that growing up, you would never imagine you ended up living in a city like New York City. Yeah, never. And I like that's something that really I would advise for any creators to kind of like realize your own success at the moment and being appreciative for it. Just like walking around the streets in New York that have now become my home, my home and taking a second to just look between like a block and the next one and see the huge buildings, the cars, the things that we've seen in so many films, so many TV shows and realize that that's part of my reality now. So what can be part of my reality in five years or, 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 or 10, you know, it can completely change. I mean, now that you have already established a very concrete life in New York, can you just tell me the moment, tell me a little bit more about the moment when you decided that, okay, this is about time you want to leave? Was there ever a moment for you to realize that small town was just not for you? You were meant to be in somewhere else. I would not, I mean, maybe like, I remember like this moment in my life, which was very related with uh, my sexuality and my parents not, there was not really that conversation, but gain a strong message that that was not something that they um, appreciated. It was never like, I will kick you out of home or anything like that, but it was something like a very strong feeling. And in my home, uh, I don't know if it's something common in Spain, but there's a lot of, let's not talk about the big issues in the conversations, Mm -hmm. right? So I feel like that kind of um, issue was was, uh, hidden in a way between us. And my way to get out of that situation was to find a college degree that was far away from home. And Mm -hmm. without having that conversation, I found that kind of like escape and... I changed my degrees uh, after like a few months because I did a decision based on living, not based on uh, anything else. Only I think mm-hmm. I, re- I think the title of the degree was cool, but mm-hmm. you cannot make a college. You cannot decide what college you want to go just because the title of the degree is cool. You know. What was the degree? It was. Um, engineering of audiovisual sciences something like that Mm. which is nothing like I knew that I wanted to be dedicated and focus on on content on acting on creating stories right as a storyteller but with kind of like the restrictions that I had from my education, from my parents, from what you're supposed to study to be successful, what you, the range of things mm-hmm. that are not acceptable, right? Mm-hmm. That was like my only escape. It was like, okay, it has mm-hmm. audiovisuals in its name. And it's kind of like the first time that I'm doing this assessment. So uh, <laughs> bear with me. But yeah, it has audiovisual in its name. I'll be closer to that world. Although, of course... Yeah you would be creating computers. You would not be like in the screen. So right. yeah, it is yeah. very so when, different. 
That is absolutely. And when you left home for the first time, where did you go? Did you come straight to New York or did you go somewhere else first or what, what was that path? Yeah. So I left home. I went to study in Madrid, was there for, for another five years. And I think there I found like another box where I felt myself being limited and again, like this is nothing to uh, like criticize any of those both, both environments, like neither my home or my college uh, growing up. I think it's more of like an internal uh, development that I had to go through. And mm. a lot of my close friends have said that I could have done it in any other place. Then it didn't have to be New York. But um, New York kind of like allowed me that not limit not limited uh, expansion of my personality mm-hmm. and uh, allowing to be 100% myself. But yeah, after my growing up in my home, I went to Madrid, studied there for five, six years. And then I came here to New York after I completed my education in Madrid. Absolutely. Wow. wow. So how would you, how would you say leaving home has shaped you? Oh, I feel like going back to the metaphor of the box, it kind of has expanded the shape more than mm-hmm. shaped me, right? Right. Um, it has allowed me to to go on my own path of freedom that I always wanted from like mm-hmm. the little things of like, oh, you have to be home at 9 p.m. when everybody can be out all night. Or you cannot uh, study something that is related with the arts. You have to study something that's with economics. And then coming to like build my own path, sneaky path, because Mm -hmm. I was not always clear with uh, my parents sometimes, with the people around me, or even sometimes with myself, you know. And yeah, I feel like I was able to like crop that that path to, to artistry and to finding my own creativity and I'm still in that path. I'm still evolving and trying to like niche down what I want to, to focus on. Uh, mm-hmm. So the first time that I came to New York, I came to an acting school for three months and that was one of the best experiences of my life. It was just, I, I sent you one of the pictures of uh, my story and it was yeah. the, um, the first if I if you give me two minutes to read the caption because it was very important for yeah, me yeah, yeah. Uh, in do. that moment uh, and that's exactly how, how I felt it is a picture of me in one of the rooftops of uh, New York and I went there for a party it's actually my first picture in my Instagram um, wow. and it it does not have the quote here in my um to awaken quite alone in a strange town is one of the pleasantest sensations in the world. You are surrounded by adventure. You have no idea of what's in store for you, but you will if you're wise and know the art of travel. Let yourself go to the stream of the unknown and accept whatever comes in the spirit in which the gods may offer it. And it's a quote by Freya Stark, who I have no idea who she is but I just remember reading that quote and being like that is me right now that is mm-hmm. New York like so many <laughs> things that I can do so many people that I was meeting I was starting to like date guys for the first time I was uh, 100% for the first time focusing on on being creative on acting on, on learning the craft and oh it was just like breathing in a different way no oh my god well, so it really, it really feels like the city brought out the you, the you that's inside, the real you that is living, that has been living inside of you for the longest time. And being in this environment as New York City is just like a catalyst. It, yes. it kind of stimulate and you, you just act like who you are by moving away from home so it seems like you always know that you want to be in a creative field and you want to do something related to storytelling as a raconteur as you are um do you know that you always wanted to be a podcaster though no no i never wanted to be a podcaster and at the end of the day i my focus is storytelling and 
I like podcasting and I like my podcast because it explores stories of interesting people and we dig into what being a human means. But mm-hmm. if being a podcaster didn't mean that, meaning if I had to be working on a podcast that was about getting money or was about real estate or was about uh, life hacks, well, life hacks, maybe I would be a little bit more interested, but I wouldn't be a podcaster, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and now with the YouTube channel, with all my different things, it's like, they're not the final stop. They're just a mean to express myself. Right now mm-hmm. we are at home. We cannot go anywhere. So it's like, how do I create stories? How do I express myself? And it's just using these different mediums and just pointing to the universe for it to guide me to the to my right path as a as a creator, right? But I don't. I'm not married to any kind of content type. Right. That makes sense. You're like the art or the creative side that exists within you, it doesn't necessarily require a specific medium. It just requires you to have the ability to express it, however that may be. And I love what you said too about, and what you were touching on, Amy, as well. Like when you came to New York, that quote that you shared, just it just gave me chills because it's so true. Like when you end up in a new place and like there's this period of time where there's this unknown, like, total moment of unknown possibility of what's ahead. And you seem to have like really embraced that. And it's so funny too, because when you go and Amy and I've talked about this in the past, but when you go to different places in the world, even just visiting like a different city you've never been to before, each of those places has the power to unlock a part of you that you didn't realize you had, or in your case, you knew this part of you existed. You just needed the right place to unlock it. And, Mm -hmm. and, set it free, if that makes sense. And I think that that's so, so empowering. And so I I wonder, um, from your perspective, you always knew you wanted to be a creator. You, you always knew that you had this art inside of you that you had to express no matter the medium. But has it always been a part of you? Have you always been aware that it's a part of you? Or was there a moment when you realized I am a creator of, of arts a, across any mediums. Was there a moment that you decided to, to make that pivot, I guess, like a conscious decision? I was remembering this with a friend and I have, it's like the second time that I say it out loud uh, and first time that it's being recorded. So I remember a very crucial point in my development as a kid was going to a summer camp and we went It was a growing experience also because I remember being super sad and super depressed the first couple of days, but then it was just like embracing it. And I remember being sad more because of um, symbiosis. So people around me being sad and kind of like missing their parents, like when you are a little kid, you do. Mm -hmm. And we had this play at the end of the camp. And um, I really was completely feeling careless in the best possible way about the play so I really enjoyed doing it and I remember like directing my colleagues of my class and making a scene regarding a scene that we had previously in the class with uh, our English teacher because we were learning English in that camp and I just remember having so much fun doing that and without expecting it like they they had like an award uh, kind of like ceremony for kids that they gave us like uh, in in clay some mm-hmm. kind of like uh, award which was very very cute <laughs> and and I got like three awards like I got like best director best actor I just went crazy in the in the <laughs> in top of the scene now I, I was playing as if I was the teacher and shouting to everybody and God. <laughs> But I remember since then, like, I'm mean, aware that it's a part of me, you know, but it was that kind of like innocent first time where you explore your creativity and you just enjoy that like at your fullest. And then like, oh, I am good at this. Like I, I had so much fun and people are even recognizing me for this. So it was such a thing that I think has accompanied me forever. Mm. That kind of feeling. Oh. 
Wow. That's, that's magical. It was interesting because this question was not on the list, but I remember I, I discussed this with you before that since, since we all know that you have this creative part and you know that you want to do it for the longest time, when, why did you just start doing it? And what was that? What led you to creating another different life on top of the professional career that you have already established and the reason why you're in New York? Yeah. Like, why all in a sudden, like, I don't know, two, three years ago that you started creating as Palio AF? Yeah, I think it has been a process of unfolding from like different pressures that we get growing up different pressures that we get from our family from our friends from ourselves also Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. I had created a new identity for me that was kind of like a a coat that did not belong to me and I just was wearing it because it was what I had been wearing for a long time it was what was expected to be worn and it gets to a point where you like grow up and mature as a person. And I guess sadly, some people may get stuck with that code forever, but you take it out with confidence and you take it out owning yourself and you just show how it is. And people really embrace it. Like mm. even people that you wouldn't think so. And, and sometimes it takes some time, like for example, with my mom and Amy, and me have uh, discussed about this, but she she was always a little bit before. Um, oh, like, but when are you gonna make money with the podcast? Oh, but oh like, God, same. Why are you doing this? Oh, but like, and all these questions. And it was like, I think that when you just disregard all that, like, not even get mad, not 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 react to her, uh, kind of like explain a little bit. Like the the last time that she asked me, I told her she's a doctor, so I told her how many years it took you to to be a doctor and to hone the craft of being a doctor, you know? And she was even studying for four years and ended up not even taking the exam of like the doctor. So it was like, I'm in that stage, mom. I'm like playing with all these things. And since then she hasn't really been asking. And another thing that I've done is kind of like overwhelming with with everything. So I shared everything that I've been doing without even thinking, oh, she's going to think this, she's going to think that. Um, And it's funny because you asked me at the beginning what has kept me. And I said something very broad, but we kind of like funneled down to like my mom, right? Yeah. Um, And it's kind of like a, a chain of things. And she's wonderful. She has equipped me with so many skills and so many things that are so useful in one of them speaking English that it's crucial for me right now and for the past time. Uh, but yeah, it's just that code that we all wear in a way or other. I really love that analogy because it's so true. I mean, you wonder about how many of us are walking around with that coat on and we don't even realize it half the time in that coat, like you said, is full of all these other things that we're told are supposed to be a part of us. But how easy is it to that, you know, as we unfold, like you're saying, I love that, that term that we unfold and we take it off, you know, and, and there's mm-hmm. different, different parts of us that are allowed to be exposed at that moment when we realize the freedom and being that we have the power to do that. I think that's incredible. So, so so what did you then, um, getting further into your creative journey, what compelled you then to create a podcast that explores the intersection of religion and, and sexuality and people in the LGBT community? What I imagine that was part of taking off the coat even more. Um, but could you tell us about, about that? Yeah, I would honestly say that in a, I'm going to uh, go about the question in a selfish way. It was kind of like unbuttoning the quote, the quote, it was kind of like starting to like, okay, let's do it. And I had uh, my, my friend Melissa on my side. So mm-hmm. I was not alone and it was not super out there. It was not uh, super scary. And the idea of having a creative corner where I could just go and very easily without spending a lot of money, throw myself into exploring human stories uh, Mm -hmm. was so attractive to me. And at the same time, 
I was really interested in the topic of why people um, are still religious if they're LGBTQ. At that point, that was kind of like my question in, in my back of my head. Mm-hmm. And I actually, another of kind of like anecdote that was crucial for me in this development was going to a church um, and seeing a pastor that was female and mm. seeing that she was using the Bible, reading um, a passage from Queen Esther, somebody that I've never heard in the past. Uh, and I've mm-hmm. gone to the church a lot for <laughs> all my years. And <laughs> she was not even mentioned that, the, oh, and there's, I was like, there's a female uh, person who has written in the Bible. I was so shocked. And the story was all about a woman, a queen, Queen Esther, who says no to going to the king's castle naked mm. um, to a party. And I was like, okay, let's get ready for a speech to say, why do we have to be obedient? Why the woman mm-hmm. should have said yes? Why uh, you always have to obey anybody who's above you? And that was not what I got. I got a wonderful speech, kind of like almost like comedy Netflix production. So funny and uh-huh. uh, very inspiring for little girls that were attending the workshop. The not workshop, the, the sermon, the, the, the church, because right. it was titled, there's always a time to say no. So uh-huh. Everything that I had in my mind about what religion should look like, what the Bible should teach you, what a pastor can share was shattered. It was like, no, like there's another way of living all this that is supposed to like incarcerate you and and push you down and put you in a box and discriminate women, discriminate LGBTQ people. There's another way. There's another Mm. way. You can interpret this same text in these both ways. Yes. There's obviously a clear winner for the, the moral one and the one that should be spread out yes. to the world, right? Yes. So that moment was like, let me dig into this because if I'm able to find more people that are using this tool, that's religion, that has been often used to marginalize and to push away from society, a lot of people. And I can showcase that there's people that are actually doing the opposite and there's actually using it as a tool for empowerment and for your own good as it should or as it would have been planned from the beginning. Mm-hmm. It could be, it could serve as an example it will uh, teach you that if some people that need it will be able to like go back to it, even if they have been hurt by it, people uh, that uh, don't know how to implement it would be able to have like an example to, to be guided by. And I just think it's like an open door to, to change in the world in a way, mm-hmm. because yeah, I do think that like when somebody and I, was, I wasn't think, feeling like this before, but I, because I just thought like, oh, like I was in the binary of like, oh, religion is bad. And, uh, and you are, uh, I'm not religious because I don't think that women should be discriminated against, LGBT people should be discriminated against, but that's not what religion is about. I was approaching mm-hmm. it from the wrong angle. Um, right. And it's difficult because it's difficult to frame. A lot of people have been hurt by religion. A lot of people have been traumatized and uh, associated with what it's not. But for me, the people that think all those things, I don't think they are religious. So that's why I'm kind of like mm. um, leaving them on the side. But yeah, um, I just think that it's a, a very powerful tool as one, once again to like change the world. No, for sure. I, I really like, I didn't know that story before at all. And it was definitely in- incredibly powerful. But I just want to dig a deeper that you are at you as an individual who is a part of the LGBTQ community who's has this podcast of discovering the relations between uh, between religions and LGBTQ community. Do you think there is a part of you, even though you know that before you created this podcast, before you you heard the story, even though you in your mind you identify yourself as someone who might be marginalized by what mainstream thing religions is. Um, you think you're 
hurt or marginalized by religion. Do you think this type of relations has something to do with you still want to be a part of it? I don't know if this question makes sense because for me, I feel like knowing you, you want it for this longest time. I see you as you want to seek some type of uh, uh, con. Comfort or some type of asylum from having a religion or trying to discover questions related to religions, but at the same time, you have been marginalized because of the community that you belong to. So, do you think this kind of desire of wanting to be a part of the religious community again is the engine for you to post this question and pursue this creative career? Yeah, I would say that no. For me, for my perspective,、um, I do not want to be religious. I、mm-hmm. want to create my own religion to say so.、Mm-hmm. That's why I call like reclaim spirituality. What、yeah. has been beautiful for me for this、um, journey, it has been to being able to see that certain concepts that are offered and explained in a way that for me it's very fixed. Very with like a third party having to be in the middle and really not resonant with who I am as a person、mm-hmm. can be、uh, reclaimed once again and can be reimagined and can be seen in a very different way that does not go in the limits of what a dogma is, right?、Mm-hmm. So、um, I do not want to be part of that again. I don't think、mm-hmm. that it's something that I am really interested. At all,、um, I do want to show them that there's another way possible, and I do want to、mm-hmm. try to contribute to a world where, like, Catholic people accept that a Muslim person is okay, and they're not saying crazy things, and they're kind of like speaking the same language, and realizing、mm-hmm. that we're all like so much more similar than than we are, and even、mm-hmm. if we have differences, how can we celebrate those differences? I want to go more、right. towards that than towards like. Oh, being again Catholic or being like I really have no interest in in that.、Mm. Mm-hmm. I love what you say about that because I was raised in the Baptist church and growing like as I've gotten older, I've realized all the different like threads of shame that have been carried with me unknowingly, unbeknownst to me, because of that. Like you're. I mean, you're told like if you do this, if you do this, if you do that, like you're going to hell, or, or you didn't do something right, or you know, and it's very strict. And so, I think it's incredible what you're doing. And I I share the same philosophy as you when it comes to religion. Like, I have my own relationship with my spirituality and with God, but in a way that was not defined by the religion I grew up with. I left all of that behind, and I'm kind of redefining it. I'm in this process. I'm still in the middle of it, of redefining of what that looks like for myself, and in a way that creates an actual relationship with God, not a relationship with the interpretation that I was told. And so, I love what you're saying with that. And I, that's what I think is so powerful about what you're doing in the podcasting space too, with the Forbidden Apple, is that I think there are so many people who maybe are waking up to that on their on their own terms, and. It's such when it when you're going through that, it's something that it's not talked about very much, if that makes sense. And sometimes you can feel alone. <laughs> you're especially when you're breaking from from that crowd if you're super intertwined with it. And there's probably a lot of people that are saying、mm-hmm. you're wrong, and you know you're crazy. Why would you think that? Like you're definitely going to hell now. When that's simply not the case. And I think you're really like giving a voice and a refuge. And giving people, like releasing people in ways that they didn't even know they needed,、um, which I think is extremely powerful. So I, I just love how you how you put all of that. Thank you. Yeah, is one of my is one of my objectives, honestly, to to show that that that's possible. Absolutely. So when you think about the podcast that you've created, when you think about. Your YouTube channel and and everything that's in your creative realm and space that you have out there right now. What comes to mind when you think about pursuing this back home? You know, because I feel like I have all these thoughts about how it was when I was then. That 
actually the amount of years that that was is a lot of time it's, it's, it's very long past uh, so it may be looking somehow so much more different i also did theater back in spain which was also very crucial for my development as an artist for three years um and a lot of the quotes that they share with me and the teachings that my one of my main teachers are still coming with me every day um actually for the podcast i did you i had this quote with my with my teacher paloma who was a wonderful uh, actress and she shared that limits give you freedom and I use that also even in the podcast and every time that I'm advising people and she was referring basically to just like we did a play with very little things but at the same time in, 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 a, in a shape of the stage she would always start every uh, direction for a place drawing in the floor the shape of the space whatever it was going to be, mm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and that was like our first step. And then she recognized how life was outside of that shape that she drew and how life was inside. And that's why it's so powerful that quote of like limits give you freedom because once you are inside that zone, you can create that parallel world right so i try right. to use that on my everyday but that was something that was learned in spain coming back to your question so perhaps a different way of um of creating would be possible there i just think that the amount of opportunities and the desire to dream it's bigger here uh, mm -hmm. and it's broader and i think that you are who you are surrounded with perhaps i was not surrounded by the right people back there but um i do think that having that kind of like culture that will make you go for the ambitious things and going towards a bigger self and a greater mm -hmm. person for yourself um it's so powerful and at the end it's so important so i'm gonna choose that for now absolutely mm -hmm. absolutely <laughs> Yeah, on the spark, you know, one of the things that we really love to do is is talk with people who decided to leave home and to start a new life somewhere or embark on a life that's basically split between two different places and you're living in you're traversing in between cultures consistently and you're living this life that's kind of in between and so um I guess what I want to ask you is how did building a life in a new country shape your career? I know you just touched on it a little bit, but could you expand on that a little more? Yeah. I was actually from our other conversation thinking of uh, that we had before this interview to kind of like prepare a little bit um, how once again to the, 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 the breaking the, the, those ceilings of belief that we have mm -hmm. um, just from opening a bank account in a foreign country that mm -hmm. simple thing was like I remember I was like using my car from Spain and it, it kind of like tied up to it like paying extra fees and and so many things and I'm like when I, you go to a point where somebody told me why are you doing that why don't you mm -hmm. open a bank account but it does require a shift of mentality because mm -hmm. you're starting to like set your roots yeah and and it's something very symbolic just doing that. And I've opened bank accounts in, in London also. And I remember there, it was also like, okay, like you kind of like own something in this new space that you are building. Right. And it's just because it's something completely out of like my thought, my train of thought and something else was, for example, like signing a lease. Oh, I'm going to be here for a year. Like mm. it's, it's, it's important. You know, I, I, I think I did like eight different, I lived in eight different houses in my first two years, if not wow. more. And I was just jumping around a month, month and a half. And it was kind of like that, that, oh, like, should I sign? Can I even sign a lease in this country? Like, how do I do? And, and yeah, by, by, by breaking those 
thoughts of impossibilities or things that you cannot do, or perhaps just holding on to your past, to your country, to where you're coming from, um, you evolve and you mature and you uh, also set new roots in this uh, new country. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And do you think it's more rewarding? Because in at the same time, like I, I, I personally often struggle with it because uh, I remember we also talked about with the same amount of money that say we're making right now, you can t buy like a house, say in the suburban and that wouldn't not a house, but like it wouldn't be that difficult to purchase any big item in like a small town back home. Mm -hmm. But by moving to another place uh, like New York, it, we our lives are reset kind of like on reset yeah. and we were put on a path where we gain more freedom of expression we we gain more freedom to express ourselves in a way that we have a larger audience and our topics and what we try to talk about can have more people feeling resonating with but at the same time uh, from a career and professional development perspective um do you think like have you ever thought about like stepping your foot on both path like both boats is that what people say have one one foot on two boats or whatever like i don't know you know what i mean yeah <laughs> i i think i know what you mean um no not really honestly i have never i mean i thought about it was in the back of my mind but i think since it has it's a thought that i don't remember the last time that i was thinking about it i'm really decided mm. to just continue here i see do you um, we talk a lot about and on and off the podcast, Amy and I, we talk a lot about what does it mean to be an expat, especially in a place like America too, where there's so many people coming from all different places. And, um, like we talk about what the definition of that is and Amy and I, um, we don't feel like we totally identify with the term expat in both of our situations, but we want to know from your perspective and in your shoes, do you identify yourself as an expat? And to follow up on that too, I actually, I'll wait to, to ask the second follow-up question to that, but I guess first, do you identify yourself as an expat? In New York City? I'm not City. sure. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think that's how I feel. I just feel like New York is such a special place for everybody who is new and embraces everybody in a way that uh, transforms them. So right now it's kind of like my, I, I, I never see any space as a particular home. Um, some people have this like sense of nationality attachment um, mm -hmm. And in Spain specifically, it's very like, oh, like Spain is over everything, right? Uh, and there's like this kind of like two trail of thoughts that kind of like like wearing masks and not wearing masks have been, mm -hmm. has been very politicized. Loving mm -hmm. Spain and uh, not being okay with not liking certain things about the country has been also very politicized, as in, I, I suppose, many other countries uh, like America. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and... Mm -hmm. um, there's some nostalgia, there's some kind of like connection with uh, just like the pop culture, for example, of Spain that it's, I'm not able to share with anybody who's not from there, you know, so it's everything that's connected, just there's this Instagram that kind of like puts shots of funny, funny scenes that became iconic in Spain um, mm. from trash TV. And it's something that really keeps me, it's like the kind of like more homesick thing that I yeah. feel. And it's yeah. ridiculous, right? But you just share one of those snips with like somebody from my friends in Spain and we laugh about it. And it's like people who are like a Kim Kardashian or like um, Paris Hilton, but from Spain. And uh, it's just my nostalgic, my nostalgic part and my experience of like living here but otherwise I, I do feel very comfortable here and there's obviously like that sense of like we talked also about this like that life that you are not living mm -hmm. um, in your in your other country I think I came to to turn with it uh, although some 
some days maybe a little bit like, oh, like how would, I don't think I never feel about like how would my life would have been in Spain. That's something mm. I, don't, I don't, I don't feel. I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's obviously so many things that are there. So mm-hmm. I do miss certain parts, certain people, certain family from there. But it's not like I'm missing out on something for now. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, I remember that you told me earlier this year when COVID was on its peak that you said you really wanted to go back for a little bit just to make sure that everyone was safe and sound. And to be honest, for people who have homes somewhere else, I, I believe that's a feeling that we all had at that at some point during this entire COVID thing. So in addition to that moment, was there ever a moment throughout half of a decade of living in New York City uh, when you where you wanted to turn around and go back to Spain? It doesn't have to be big moment that like, I want to go back and live the life that I didn't live. It was more like some drawbacks or some, some, some moments when you feel like this could be different if I were in Spain. I think the pandemic has been the time where I've been uh, thinking about that because obviously like it puts everything into perspective. It gives fear to your body. It, it's very like the feeling that something could happen when you're in another country and just the logistics of getting there sound Mm -hmm. terrifying Mm -hmm. um so i would say like those 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 points you know i I think i i told you but like thinking about death has been something like very recurrent sorry to like bring it up in like a light podcast but it's all um, good we we talked about that it's an um yeah, so I've been I've been writing about it. I actually wrote some some more things uh, yesterday about death and about the absence of it in my life. Um, I remember like being a kid and like the only time that I felt death was as a kid with uh, one of my aunts, and she lived in one in the room of my grandmother. So like that room became what death means to me. I remember being a kid and like running to the bathroom in order not to be like caught up by, mm. by whatever death is. And until I was like 18 or 19, I didn't go to that room. There was a, a closet mm-hmm. inside that room and I was like so scared of it. And I was writing this and I was thinking like, that's kind of like the nearest feeling about death that I felt. And that's a little bit unsettling because yeah. it's kind of like, it's going to appear like we don't know when it's going to be here. And right. it's very like a, like a clock, right? Like ticking and reminding you all, like, I'm not there, but I exist. And seeing it so surrounding everybody else during a pandemic with so many people dying around the world, it is very, that's the point where you are like, okay, like, what should I do? Um, where should I be? And all that in doubts like that. But um Fortunately, I think recently has been a little bit better. <laughs> but there was a point mm-hmm. during the pandemic that I was thinking about it every day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that's been the hardest thing about all of this is the fact that, and you don't even realize it because you're in it so deep, but you realize at some point, I just realized this the other day, you know, like we're waking up every day. A lot of us were waking up and we're all facing our mortality every single day. Um and that's something that for a lot of us as human beings, it's natural to, to be totally scared of that, you know? Um, and that's the biggest fear, I think, for all of us. I mean, all of our tiny little fears throughout life and every day, they all point back to our mortality. And um, so I think like that's something when you bring that up, I mean, that's something that I think, while it is like a heavy, heavy topic, I think also i find a lot of peace being able to know that somebody else is has been feeling that way too i and i know i think we all think that we're feeling that but just to hear you say so candidly that like this is what i've been feeling like this is what's been on my shoulders and what i've mm-hmm. been carrying i think it's been the hardest part and i can't imagine you know um for people like in your situation and amy's situation and um you know i i see it up close and personal with my husband as well, but just being in the middle of something so heavy and so dark, like this pandemic right now and not being able to 
be on the same piece of land as the people that like you've known your whole life, if that makes sense. Um, and that's something that I can't fathom. And I think that, that that's so hard. And I think that's, you know, for a lot of people who are traversing in between different places and, and moving in between countries and cultures, I think this is like the ultimate, um, I don't know how to put it, but like the ultimate fear of what could happen, um, living this life, um, you know, because, because it's easy to live this life when you know you can hop on a plane, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. But what happens when you can't do that anymore? And that's, that's tough. The connection was very fragile. And I would like to say, first of all, like, it's kind of lucky that you're such a creative and vocal person in terms of your emotions and your creative passion because I feel like it's it's a way for I don't know if it's the same for you but for me it's a way to alleviate the pain it really assuaged the pressure for for me personally from time to time so being able to express it was definitely a relief and second of all when we talked about a lot of the life that we didn't live the part that we're missing out and the fact that we're actually not missing out a lot of things I think the analogy and the logics all make sense until when we talk about life and death and big moments because these are the I mean I don't care about the life that I haven't lived I only care about if I would be there when something happened like I missed a lot of big moments um a classic turning all the things into my story but <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying that I I really um do feel that part and that's something that I constantly feel selfish because moving to somewhere else it's a decision that we made for our creative passion to better express myself right and it all worked out thank god and thank whoever is up there and you know it's it's so far so good but um but that's a so that's a decision life decision made solely by me and for myself but missing out on other things such as life and death and big moments of my friends for example getting married uh it's it's a miss on their part like me not being there as ignorant as may sound uh so yeah i don't know i'm still learning and i think i totally feel you on that part so on a brighter note what advice would you give to someone who is aware of all these type of quote unquote missing out, but who is still trying and looking at creating a life in a new country or a new city? I would just say to go for it is very like a cliche uh, moment, but I do think that you have to kind of like put some blinders if you're scared, but you know it's the right decision with your between your eyes and 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 just let your passion drive you. Because once that you start living more bravely, you will start incorporating every time every area of your life. Mm-hmm. So start with little things, you know, even sometimes if it's not um look going to a new country perhaps is starting a conversation with somebody about what you want to do perhaps is start booking uh looking at apartments in that new place that you want to be living in and check with somebody who has done it before you how was their experience how do they do it how were they able to actually step by step go there learn from others that's that's so key like I've, there's a book that i i really love that my boyfriend got me it's called mastery Mm. it's amazing it's basically you can apply it to anything in your life anything that you want to do there's somebody else that has done it before you before having university before having all these schools there was the system of you have a master and you learn from him the craft or whatever you want to do in your life so Mm -hmm. using that as a reference is crucial and just letting go little by little of that code that we spoke at the beginning that could be fears that could be things that you are not supposed to do that could be uh, limiting beliefs it can be done you know amy and i have done it we are here living in another country against all odds against all visa Mm -hmm. restrictions against i don't know if you want to take this out amy but like amy just recently got a visa in the u.s in the worst time in history 
No, no, it's <laughs> not because of me, you. because of you. Well, but 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 yeah, it's it's really um, it's really that like go for it. And I really I'm really excited for like things that are going to be scary in the future because I know that we have the bravery to go through them. Oh, you just gave me chills. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's, I mean, my goodness. Um, that's incredible advice. And man, I'm deciding whether or not to ask you the last question, because that is such a great note to end on, but I guess I'll just throw it in there. Um, so you talked about somebody who is looking at making that leap, but what about somebody who? is already creating a new life in a new country like yourself. And, um, you know, you talked, we talked about some of the pain points that can come with that. Like, for example, like we're living in a global pandemic right now. And, and that's, I mean, that's the huge pain point in a situation like this, but there are other little things too, that come along the way outside of something like what we're going through right now in 2020. And so what advice would you give to somebody who is already creating a new life in a, in a new country? Yeah, I would say to have a little bit of a plan. I am not a big, I was not a big planner. Now I'm uh, I'm getting more and more into planning to the point that I, I do my, my whole weeks. And I would say for that, do something that works for you, right? Mm. I don't have a very huge organization skills, but um, I have a horrible calligraphy. I don't keep uh, anything, but I do have like these like, huge notebook where mm. nobody else but me would understand anything that I have I on it. my I on have my, one of those too on my um, paper so just Sundays days of reflection I used to hate Sundays I transformed them into a day where I try to set what I want to to do and don't be like I, I wouldn't be like too cliche with it like just like said things that uh, will advance your your work and I was very nervous at the beginning to write goals down because I thought that I should be like oh I need to lose 10 pounds I need to get richer and I need to buy a house and it doesn't have to be like that mm-hmm. like goals are things that are near to you that are personal that are things that that are very important for you. So it cannot be defined by anybody else. So just uh, sit down, write them down, have a space for that. And uh, that will really make a, a change. Whatever you want to achieve in your life, in this case would be to to set a life of your own in a new country. No, for sure. I definitely resonate with that part because I think for a lot of people who like to move around, who is not afraid of embracing new life somewhere else that is different from their culture, there are a certain degree of spontaneous that goes into it. And the people who always do that, aka me, before, I, I do not like planning. I like being spontaneous. I like just let things happen on their own terms. Um, I'm moving. But then I realized that I thought that was the whole meaning of building life somewhere else until the point where I realized that was just escaping from something I would like to face. So I think moving to somewhere is the most spontaneous thing I would do. But then from that point on, planning is definitely good. Like planning is basically a preparation for me to to have the energy to have the resources to be able to do another spontaneous choice in the future that yes. I will not regret. Um, yes. So it's kind of like a building block and I think it's, it's good. Yeah. Cannot tell you how much I have enjoyed our conversation. <laughs> it's just the stories that you've told us. And I mean, gosh, there are so many amazing, I even jotted some of them down during our conversation. So many amazing tidbits of wisdom and quotes that you offered to us. And so I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to come on and, and um, share this time together in this conversation and, and come on to the spark. So we really, really appreciate it. It was so great to, to chat with you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for connecting culture and making people spark and and shine bright and take out their coats and be brave and, and you sound go so take, passionate right now. Take the world by by storm. No, I really love what you are doing. Thank you. And, uh, thank you. We yeah, start off the same time. 
like literally i i even started off like a little bit earlier than you but yeah Yeah, look at us look at us now doing this uh, collab exchange thank you so much for having me and before before you go um can you tell everybody where they can find you um where they can best connect with you and follow your content and maybe even connect with you and Mm -hmm. and all that where where can we find you yeah, I'm at uh, 74 Moja Street. No, I'm joking. I'll <laughs> uh, people your phone number. I'm here. <laughs> I'll be waiting for you with a cake. Um, <laughs> I am at Pelayo AF in Instagram. You can find me in YouTube. I would really appreciate if people subscribe and check my content. I create life-changing i curate life-changing ideas in a fun twist um and i also have my podcast the forbidden apple podcast at any streaming platform for you to listen about the connections between lgbtq people reclaiming their spirituality amazing thank you again thank you so much thank you bye-bye bye bye thank you so much for listening We'd love for you to join in on the conversation. Connect with us on Instagram at spark underscore podcast and Facebook at the spark podcast with Megan Amy, or send us an email at hello spark podcast at gmail.com. And wherever you may be listening from, we hope you have the courage to be the spark.